Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to City Hills and welcome to Father's Day. I think uh, many of us would go crazy if our dad said any of that, right? That is insane. I was looking up some statistics about Father's Day because I was interested to see, you know, guys, sometimes we're like, you know, where do we where do we land in this? There's actually $12 billion spent on Father's Day. And as far as cards are concerned, we actually come in fourth place, which is is better than I anticipated. Fourth place was better behind Mother's Day, of course, Valentine's Day, and Christmas. So I thought, okay, not shabby. We're hanging in there pretty tough. And dads are known for they're known for so many different things, as we kind of saw in that video, unsolicited advice, right? Like you just walk in the door and they're just gonna drop knowledge on you. Whether you asked for it or you didn't ask for it, it's coming. Sarcastic responses. That is that again, that is one even with my toddlers, I'm good at that. And Lauren's like, babe, stop. That's enough. I'm like, oh, they need to learn. Uh, dad jokes. My dad didn't my dad didn't do a whole lot of dad jokes. So that was that wasn't something I got to live with. But I've experienced some friends whose dads are like, Man, you would think they were Kevin Hart or something. They thought they were so funny. The inability to be wrong, right? Guys, we're never wrong. Like there's I'm not even if I am. I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going to tell you that I was wrong. And then the mastery of communicating through grunts, right? <laughs> if you have a conversation with me in the morning, it's going to be 90% just grunts all day long. But honestly, fathers, father figures, they have such an impact on our lives. And, and regardless of what kind of relationship you've had with your father, you know the impact that they can have on your life, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. And, and the reality is that as men, we're faced with so many challenges, either from the culture or through society and what they say that we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to, to live or how we're supposed to parent, or even for many of us, the way that we are raised. And for some of you, I've, I've, I've seen the impact of a father who doesn't share love or a father who doesn't give encouragement and the impact that that has for generations on on a son or a daughter and it's just this challenging thing luckily for me my father is one of the most amazing role models in the world and he was he's one of those incredible dads who never withheld his love or his appreciation I, I grew up in a home where he held me to a really high standard but he also consistently shared his love. He consistently shared his approval for me. And it was just, it helped me become the man that I am and able to walk through those different things. And he also raised me with a competitive side, right? Like he would really struggle raising kids in this day and age where like all the kids get trophies. He'd be like, no, no, one gets a trophy. I don't understand how all the kids get a trophy because he, he saw the value in winning well, but he also saw the value in learning how to learn from a loss. And so for him, competitive nature is just kind of like part of life. And one of my favorite memories of all time was a competitive moment between me and my dad. 
and uh, we were we we're on a missions trip to our the island that our family is from. It's a little tiny dive island off the coast of Honduras, and we we're actually with our state overseer on this missions trip. And this dude was like fascinated with sand dollars. I don't know what it was, but I don't know if he's never been to the Caribbean or whatever. But he was like, oh, there's a sand dollar. Oh, there's a sand dollar. Like he was just freaking out every five seconds. So we're, we're snorkeling and we're off of this beautiful key actually from near where my, my mom is from. And we'd gotten out pretty far. And there's like this cluster of sand dollars down at the bottom. And it was like 30 feet deep. And so this dude was like decked out in the best gear. You would have thought like he was Navy SEALs or something. Like he had everything going. And so he starts jumping down. He dives down as far as he can go. He gets to about 20 feet and he just starts like panicking. Like under the water, he's like, he comes up. Pressure was building up. And so he comes up to the top. He's like, oh, man, I, I can't do it. And for me, I had just graduated high school. I was in the best shape of my life. Like, I've literally never been in better shape than what I was in. And so I, I wasn't trying to be, like, cocky or anything. I was like, well, which one do you want? And my dad's like, which one? What, what is wrong with you? What are you, you just going to go dive down there 30 feet and grab a sand dollar? Huh? You just think you're just going to go dive down there and get it? And I was like, yes. Which one do you want? So I dove down to the bottom. I got to 30 feet, and I'm, I'm literally drowning at this point. I am not going to be proved wrong. And I'm starting to black out underwater. I push up from the bottom, which is the absolute worst thing to do because the pressure, I, I don't know how I didn't blow an eardrum. But I get the sand dollar. I get to the, the surface of the water. And the first thing that I see through my mask as I clear the water is flippers going down underneath. And who do you think that was? That was my dad. He was like, oh, no, I am not about to be showed up by this little punk in front of State Overseer. Watch this. So he dives down. He gets a sand dollar. He comes up, and we're standing there eye to eye in the water, breathless, understanding that we both almost drowned ourselves to accomplish this mission that we had to grab a sand dollar. And the overseer looks at it, and he goes, so your family's not competitive at all, right? Not at all. But it was, it seriously, it's one of my favorite memories with my dad because we would do, we would do stuff like that all the time, just randomly. It's like, oh, you want to race? You can't beat me, boy. Let's go. It was just awesome. But you know, as men and as women, as leaders, wherever you are in your life, we, we have to be willing to fight for something. We have to be willing to take some risks for them from things that matter to be able to push, to be able to press for those things that matter most. And for most of us, each of those things can be similar. You know, we fight for our family, we fight for our country, we fight for our beliefs, we fight for all of these common things. But for each of us, there are some unique things to us that we fight for. And for each one of you, there are things in your life that you you see and your passion point is the thing that you are just fired up about and you fight for those things. But I believe there's two things today that I want to remind us that we all must fight for. And it's a great reminder on Father's Day as we look at at a couple different guys. And and you're going to see it on the screen. Our big idea for today is that we all must be willing to fight for our character and for our purpose. We must be willing to fight for our character and for our purpose. 
today we're going to look at two guys that they did that, and their stories will hopefully challenge you to, to take some steps towards that. And we're going to head in the Old Testament to the book of 2 Samuel, starting in chapter 23. And just for a little context of where we're at, we, we've actually fast-forwarded to the end of David's life. We're at the end of, of his life. This chapter is actually where he's saying his last words. But we also get to meet some incredible men that helped him accomplish his purpose along the way. And these, these guys were known, they were, they were known as the big three. Like, right, like in Miami Heat, remember those days, LeBron? Yeah, don't get me started. Lakers just had a big trade yesterday. Come on. All right, anyways, David's big three and then the mighty leaders uh, that were known as the 30. And these are just these guys who accomplished and did some crazy things. And so we're going to look at two of them starting in verse 11. We'll jump right in. It'll be on the screen. It says this, next in rank was Shammah, son of Aggie. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The other versions say a field of barley. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field, and he beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So make sure we understand the context here. The, the Philistines are gathering at Lehi, and Shammah is standing in the middle of this field, and all the other Israelites peaced out. They just ran away and left his tail standing in the field by himself, and he fights, held his ground, and he won the battle. The first challenge that we see from Shama today, it's in your notes, is that character trumps convenience. Character trumps convenience. The whole army saw the Philistines coming. They saw this this brigade coming at them, and what seems to be this terrible trend with the, Israel, the Israelite army is that they panicked, and they ran. They ran away, and they left this dude by himself in the field. They, they saw this piece of land as not valuable enough. They're, they're, they're like, nah, this isn't worth it. I'm not risking my life for this field. I'm out of here, and they all took off. But Shama saw something so valuable that he was willing to risk his life. Why? Why was he the one person that held his ground with this kind of rare character that would just make generational impacts? It would have been convenient to just let the Philistines have the field, right? Like, it's, it's a field. They just let them have it. There's no point in risking our lives for it, and that's what so many others did. It would have been easier to just surrender what they had worked so hard for and just let it go. And there's some areas in your life that are very similar to that field that you, you have spent time plowing the ground. You have spent time planting the seeds of hard work and you've pulled the weeds of difficult decisions and you've put blood, sweat, and tears into these areas of your life that many times you feel like you're surrounded by this enemy that is overwhelming. That you're standing in the middle of this aspect of your life and you're like everything is coming against me and I don't understand and the enemy of your character wants you to think this isn't worth it this isn't worth it this isn't worth the the ridicule for living a different life 
This isn't worth the, the hard work that it's going to take. It's not worth the sacrifice. It's for, for some people, they get to the point where they think it's not even worth living. I'm so tired of this fight that I just, I'm ready to give up. For some of us, we think, you know what, my, my kids will be okay if I choose the easy wrong this time. My kids will be all right. It's just this one time. Our, our spouse, my wife, my wife will be okay if I, I just took the convenient way this time instead of doing what I know she needs. It, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We can just make it work, right? We can just do what's convenient instead of what we know is true to our character. And for me, I watched my dad run a business for over 30 years, and I watched him do everything above reproach. I watched him sacrifice and do things that very few around him were willing to do that were true to his character. I watched as as people around him would cut corners and do things that was just kind of normal in the business world and they were making money hand over fist and they were doing these things and dad was like, no, 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 I'm not, I, I can't do that because it doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor who I know the Lord wants me to be. I watched my dad as year after year he made sacrifices for his family. I watched time and time again where he just, he made the hard choice over the most convenient way. And there were even times through that as, as a teenager, of course, when I knew it all, that I would be like, Dad, why don't you just do it? Just let it go. It's this one time. Just be fine. And every time he said, son, my character, my integrity, who I am as a man is significantly more important than just getting something the way I want it this time. And he, I've literally never seen him bend on that. And it was just unbelievable example for me that just reminded me, you know what? Character trumps convenience. Even in those moments when I felt weak and wanted to give up, I could always think back to my dad. He never caved under the pressure to do what was convenient. You see, the only way that the enemy wins is if he can convince you to give up the fight. The only way the enemy wins is if he convinces you to go, you know what? This isn't worth it. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do, I'm going to do it my way this time. I'm going to do what I feel like doing in this moment rather than what I know is right. And our challenge is to defend the ground, to defend our family, to defend our integrity, to defend our marriages, to defend our dreams and our purpose, to defend our relationship with Jesus. Even when everyone else around you may run, you have the chance to stand firm and fight for your character. Ask yourself this, and this is what is always a helpful thing for me. Ask yourself, if you're, if you're making a decision that you feel like is going to make you better or, or help your family or, or do the right thing, and you start hearing that little voice in your head that says, oh, don't do it, it's not worth it. Do you really think that's God? No, of course not. It, when you're wanting to do something good, like anytime I, I go, like I, I see someone who's homeless. There, there was this one time that we helped um, this, this mom and her little kid that were on the side of the road that they were begging for stuff. And we went in and got some stuff. And that's a story for another day. I'll tell you about it. But I was sitting in the car. We gave her like $20 or something like that. And I was sitting in the car and I was like, I feel like 
I really need to do this. I feel like we should do this for. Nah, I don't. I, nah, probably not. Like that. Nah, probably not. That's not God. God's not going. No, I don't want you to help people anymore. Like it's good enough. Right. He wants us to do that extra step and go even further. God is spurring you on to hold the ground of your character and not surrender to convenience. But it's easier. It's easier to just cave and give up our ground. Right. Like it's it's easier. This is not nearly as significant. But I just think about like McDonald's. We all know that a Big Mac does not taste as good as a home-cooked burger with some bacon and maybe some, like mom used to make it with, cut up with bell peppers and onions on the inside. Like we know, we know that it doesn't taste as good. But with the convenience of it and what makes it taste better is, well, I didn't have to make it, right? I don't have no dishes to clean up. I can just throw that bad boy in the trash and it's over. It's convenient. It's easy. And it's, I mean, it's not Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, it's just McDonald's. I mean, Chick-fil-A, we know they're doing things the right way, but, I mean, McDonald's, we get it. But sincerely, we cannot allow the convenience to be more important than our character. We must be willing to fight for our character and fight for our purpose. There's another dude that I want you to see before we leave. He was a bad dude. This dude was awesome. And his story is spread throughout this, this section of Scripture but one of his most infamous stories can be found in this one verse in verse 20. His name is Benaiah. We look at this on the screen, verse 20. There was also Benaiah, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. And this is the part right here. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Now let's pause for a second here and just process that one little sentence. Okay, Benaiah is on a stroll one day out in the fields and he hears the bush rustle. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I'm like, hey, what's going on? What's going on in that bush? And normally it's like a lizard, right? At our, our, the last place that we lived in Tierra Santa, they, they, had, I, they, they were like doggone iguanas in the bushes. I mean, it would shake the whole bush and it was like, wah! What is going on? This dude is strolling on a snowy day through this little passage, and out pops a lion. I don't know about what you're going to do in that moment, but I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out real big, and it's going to be an epic moment, not for the right reasons. But he's standing there face-to-face with the lion, and in nature, man versus lion, it ends the same way every time. The lion eats man, which it's over. Like, the, the man is gone. But something happens, and the lion runs away. And as the lion is running away, he trips into a pit, and he's down at the bottom. And and if you can picture it in your head, like this Hollywood movie, Benaya walks up to the edge of, of the pit, and he sees these dark eyes looking back up at him. And he walks away, right? He's he's starting to walk away. And for me, in the movie, I would think, okay, well, He made it. The lion's in the pit. It's over. But as he walks away, he does something really dumb. He turns back around. He was getting a running start to jump into this pit with a lion. He already survived the moment, right? Like he was, the lion's in a pit. This dude jumps into the pit. There's this blood curdling scream. And instead of a lion walking out with the arm of a man like Jurassic Park, 
Benaiah comes out with a lion dead in a pit. Why? Like, what possesses you to do that, to have that kind of courage? I mean, it's, it's hard to beat that on a resume because he was going, he wanted to be the bodyguard for the king. So, like, part of it is like, well, I mean, it's hard to beat that on a resume. But I'm not jumping in the pit with a lion for a resume, right? Like, there's just not going to happen. But I think. Benaiah was willing to take this risk because he understood something simple that we can learn from. And you see this on the screen. Safety is the roadblock to your ultimate purpose. And you're like, whoa, 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 time out. What? Safety is the roadblock. Aren't we trying to live life safe? I think Benaiah was willing to do this crazy act because he lived his life with an understanding that I have a bigger purpose that I want to accomplish. There's bigger things that I want to see happen. But in order for me to do it, I have to live a life that's unusually courageous. And that's what he did. He did crazy things like jumping in a pit with a lion. He could have lived his life of safety, but he was willing to take fearless steps to see his wildest dreams come true. And I, and I believe for us, we need to shift our mindset. If we're hoping to, to make the impact that we want to, it starts with us shifting our mindset. We have to quit living our life as if the purpose is to get to death safely, right? Like, we're not, I don't know about you, but I, like, I don't want to just like wheel up to my deathbed and be like, all right, I made it. Nothing crazy happened. That's not what God has called our lives to be. He's called us to be willing to take these unusually huge steps of faith, to do and risk sometimes. It doesn't mean to be foolish. It doesn't mean to not have understanding of the situation. It doesn't mean you go into something blindly and have no clue what's going on. The Lord asks us to do preparation, but he wants us to be willing to be courageous. Extraordinary acts of God often start with extraordinary acts of obedience. Just as we saw in David, we aren't meant to survive our lives. We're meant to conquer it. We have to face our fears. We have to fight for our dreams. We have to fight for our purpose. Whatever that purpose is that God designed you for, in order for you to reach it, in order for you to see the full impact of it, it's going to require you to let go of some safety and be willing to take some steps of faith. We, I love the words of, of the author in Hebrews 12. He's just finished telling these stories of faith of these characters in the Old Testament. And he goes on to say this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy waiting ahead of him, just pause for a second, the joy awaiting him. You know that's us? The joy awaiting him was the fact that forever when we're in a relationship with him, we get to spend all of eternity with him. That was the joy set before him. He endured the cross, discarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary 
and give up. And there, there's several different translations that I love of this verse. But if you put it all together, if you slam it all together, I think it's just this beautiful reminder for us. It's this, this paraphrase. We're surrounded by so many examples of living with faith. So get rid of everything that slows you down. Give up those sins that hold you back from the ultimate purpose you have. We do this by studying Jesus and how he did it. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He endured the cross, shame, even death because of the joy awaiting him. Don't give up. And I believe the author of, of Hebrews would see Shama and Benaiah and he would go, they get it. They get it. When everyone else was willing to let go, they stood, he stood in the field and he fought. When everyone else would have counted it off as, I survived, the lion is gone. No, he jumps in the pit and he kills it. And, he, and Benaiah did so many other incredible things and he ended up being the bodyguard not only to David, but to David's son, Solomon. And he ended up living this life of incredible purpose. And we don't have the time to look at it, but Benaiah took risks in his life. He took courageous steps of faith in his life in order to reach the potential that God had for him. He understood that just trying to live as safely as possible, not rock the boat, not do anything of courage, not do anything bold, it wasn't going to get him to his ultimate purpose. Their faith was perfected in their obedience. Dads, we live in a world that's desperate for men of integrity, of faith, of courage. In our culture, we're desperate for men to stand up and show vulnerability and honesty and to be able to, to look at our families and say, you know what, they matter more than anything else. There's not a job, there's not a pay scale, there's not an amount, there's not a convenience for myself that will ever trump them. And I believe for us as men, if we are willing to step with some courage and understand that our character is significantly more important than the convenience of whatever we feel in the moment, if we would understand that sometimes in order to reach our purpose, we have to step away from our, our safe little bubble our safe little comfort zone, our safe little, well, I know how this works. This is my castle. Because I get it. I get it. It's how I process things too. This is my castle. Don't mess with my castle. But as long as I'm in my castle, you people do you. God is calling us to step outside of our little castle and be men of courage and valor. And maybe sometimes to do some things that people around us look and go, why are you doing that? And we can say because we're stepping in faith into the purpose we know God has called us to. My challenge for you, whether you're a father, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, mom, sister, brother, whatever you are, our challenge today is what weight do you need to cut for your character? What is that thing that's holding you back? It doesn't even have to be. I, I, I love that about the, the author in Hebrews. They don't say, they, he separates weights and sin. 
there are sins in our life that we have to work on and sins in our life that we have to remove and God will help us with that. But sometimes there's some just like good things that hold us back from the great. Sometimes there's weights in our life that hold us back from the things that God wants for us. And I, I, we don't have to even get into those. You, you can figure out those things. What are the things in your life that every time you turn around, you feel like someone's going, hey, are you doing that again? That's probably a weight. It's a weight that holds you back from your purpose. The second challenge for us is what fear do you need to let go of for your purpose? What fear do you have to let go? Especially us guys, we're, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. We are. We are. We have our insecurities. We have our own deals. What is that fear that you have to go, God, I'm giving this to you, and I'm trusting that as I hand this off to you, you're going to do something unbelievable. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for these stories, and there's countless others, and this just in this one passage of Scripture. There's countless others in Hebrews 11, right before the passage we read today. Countless stories of men and women who stepped with courage and with faith that they, they held true to their character over what was convenient. I think of, of the women who, who helped men escape from their enemies at Jericho. I think of Abraham, who you told him, go. He said, where? You said, just go. And he went. And he stepped with faith. And these countless stories of, of Benaiah and of, of Shama, who, who did things when literally everyone else ran away, when everyone else left them to stand there on their own, you stood there fighting with them. God, give us that courage today. Whatever it is you're challenging us to do, that we would have the courage to fight for our character and we'd have the courage to fight for our purpose. Thank you for who you are and all that you're doing. I pray today that as we leave, we leave excited about what it is you wanna do in our lives and that we leave today more courageous than we've ever been. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.